I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this cloudy, used to be sunny, it's cloudy again, week, day, month, year? Well, this is global cloudy. Global cloudy. So there is no more sun. It's going to be only global clouties. Global clouties. Yes, I'm doing good. I feel a thousand percent better than I did last week. I think I sound a little bit better. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff has happened the last few days. Absolutely. Things have been a little bit cray cray. I didn't take notes on any of it, but I did uh, do a little studying and took some notes on stuff I want to talk about. Sounds good. And I need to get us some new chairs in here because they're a little bit squeaky. Squeaky, squeaky. So if you folks hear us squeaking, it's not intentional. Yes, our uh, our chairs from a store that I will not name have served us well for quite some time, but now they're getting to the point where they're just a little squeaky and the WD-40 isn't stopping the... The oil is not working. No. So are you familiar with Mexico? It's a country. It is a country south, south of, of us. where we're at right now. So there's a little inland sea, used to be called the Gulf of California. Now it's the Sea of Cortez, or vice versa. Flip those any way you want. People still call it the Gulf of California, and they still call it Sea of Cortez. So it just depends on who you are and how you view it. Yes. Well, there's a town kind of along the shore there, Ciudad Juarez. Oh, yes, Juarez. Yeah, it's Well, I call it Juarez. I know it has a full and proper name. Yes, about nine miles from the U.S. border. Yes, not too far. And that is where people go to what? Well, that's where there's a prison, so that's where they go to spend their sentencing. And there was actually, I would call it a jailbreak the last few days. Oh, Breaking Bad. I'm just kidding. Breaking out of jail. Breaking out of jail. Apparently, there was about a dozen or more that were killed. Oh. Upwards of 20 escaped. So they're thinking it was a um, release by some drug lords or a drug lord. Oh, getting their peeps out. Getting their peeps out. Yeah, it was 14 dead and 21 escaped. Wow. Yeah. And they're thinking because our border is so porous right now. They may be over the border because it's so close. Yes, they're probably, a majority of them are in the U.S. right now. Would not surprise me. A good uh, a good coyote will get you across. Coyote, you don't need one now. You just walk across the border. Just join the thousands of people who yes. are marching across the border to our border that doesn't have a problem. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Our non-porous border border. Yes, there have been quite a number of issues with our border, whether our political types want to admit it or not. Um, And one of the things that's actually happened with our border is they have been sending air marshals on border deployments. And this is despite the fact that there are terror threats against our airlines and... um, Instead of being on all the flights that they're supposed to be on, they're being deployed to the border. Even though, again, there's not a problem at the border, they've been deployed for quite some time. 
Here we go with a party that doesn't seem to want to follow their own laws. When something happens, it's somebody else's fault. They don't take accountability for their actions. And if something major, a 9-11 type thing happens again and they've come up from south of the border, whose fault's it going to be? It's going to be no one's fault. Or it'll be, uh, actually, sorry, it's going to be the fault of the Republicans because the Democrats have been telling us that people wouldn't know that the border was porous except for the fact that Republicans keep talking about the porous border. So it would have just gone unnoticed had Republicans not mentioned well, it. Well, see, that's, a, that's funny you say that, though, because that's kind of something I talk about to myself. Just kidding, not to myself, to others. Is if you don't put it on video or if you don't talk about it, then it really doesn't happen. And you can do that with crime statistics. You can do that with anything you want. Pick one. Pick your poison. If news media outlets don't talk about it, and if the local populace doesn't talk about it, even though it's happening, it's not happening. Kind of reminds me of that old movie, Wag the Dog. I don't know if you ever watched it. I've heard of it. I know what it is, but have I actually seen it? I don't believe so. Kind of an interesting movie, and it's a play on fact or fiction when they try to turn fiction into fact which is kind of the way our leaders run our country. They tell us one thing when they actually do and mean the exact opposite. Okay, so going off of that, it's telling us there's an emergency. So right now we're under a, a health emergency, and we have been for a couple of years now. But what we're not under is a border emergency. We're told that there's no emergency at the border. It's not a crisis level situation. It's not an emergent situation. However, going it, talking about the federal air marshals and what you're saying, what's up is down, right is left, that type of thing. So how do you justify sending um, the federal air marshals to the border at all, just in any numbers, but how do you justify sending them to the border if, according to Alejandro Mayorkas, we have a secure border. According to Kamala Harris, we have a secure border. There is no emergency, no no need to think of it as an emergency level situation, but yet they are sending the federal air marshal in droves because, to the border. Because they speak out of both sides of their mouth or both sides of their tongue. A they forked for, tongue? Yes, they forget what they tell you and they forget it's on video and audio. Therefore it doesn't exist because they, they don't recall. That's just like them going before a house subcommittee. And some of these people will say 400 times. I don't recall. I don't recall. I really don't recall. It's, do we really believe that they have absolutely zero in their brain? They have no brain cells to rub together to, to just spark a memory of something that happened within the last year. But in some cases, they're in charge of national security. They're in charge of health departments. They're in charge of insert all levels of government. And if they say, I don't recall, do you recall anything? How do you get your job done if you never recall anything that you have done? Well, see, they do recall. They just think that 
about 90% of the population are morons or they're ill-informed or undereducated or just don't pay attention. I'm going to go with just don't pay attention. And so I just recently read a book and it was about how you can um, kind of lower maybe some depression, anxiety, and things of that nature. A lot of it was, for me, centered around how can I get everything done and not be in, uh, not have too much anxiety. But anyway, in this book, it talked about um, people who are more relaxed because they have to decide when they're going to care and when they're not going to care. And so they choose exactly when to care about things and exactly when not to care about things. So the general population who chooses not to care about anything the political types are doing, they might be happier surface level because they're not getting worked up about the things that are going on. And I can respect that. Um, But I do have a problem. I guess this is somewhere where I decide I'm going to care. And I want to know that we are all on a level of equality and we continue this level of equality across the board, across the nation. And I personally personally believe that should include our political types. So this is this is somewhere where I do choose to give a care. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, I like the fact you threw that out there. It's very interesting. It's a lot to learn and understand. So but. kind of bouncing from what we've just talked about to Ciudad Juarez. Okay, yes. And then going to thinking about New Year's Eve parties in New York, and we were kind of talking about New York a little bit as it was happening. And then I was wondering in the back of my mind, it's interesting that we haven't had another Boston-type attack or you know some type of just off-the-cuff attack. Then I wake up the next morning... And I hear that a a 19-year-old suspect who was on the FBI watch list or radar list for possible ties to an extremist group has now been arrested for the attack on the NYPD officers. And I guess he actually slashed one of them or two of them with a knife or machete? A machete, and it was a New York police officer who was on his very first day of duty. So two counts of attempted murder and two counts of attempted assault. Yes. And interesting that for whatever reason, that thought came to mind, and then the next morning I woke up and something had actually happened. On a small scale, I mean, it was a serious incident, but on a small scale, because we were trying to figure out how many people actually go to the New Year's Eve party there and the dropping of the ball. Yes. It's uh, quite the coincidence that we would be talking about it and going and then that happens. Yes. I forecasted into the future without knowing I was seeing the future while I was asleep. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, and I guess this individual, by the way, his father passed away in 2018, and he had been apparently very active in his son's, he had three sons' lives, and they're looking into the motivation, but apparently his manifesto talked about repenting and returning to Allah, and so they will be seeing just how much he was pushed that direction. Um. 
But the, the claim is that he recently converted to Islam and he was going to go to Afghanistan to help out there. So he wasn't, it doesn't look like he was raised in said faith, but that he was converted to well, the extremist. Yeah, and a lot of people, yeah. you know, I've had a chance over the years to think about that and people converting to Islamic extremism or what other, other ism. Because you have folks here in the U.S. that take up some of the wildest things that they want to follow. And they'll go after people and try to kill them or kidnap them or rape them or murder, whatever the case may be. So got to be mindful that it's... There are bad people everywhere. There, there are bad, the human condition, there are bad people. And I know I have discussions with somebody at work quite often about humans and if they're inherently good... And I always throw out there, no, just to kind of get a rise and, and start the conversation. Because if we were inherently good, there wouldn't be thousands upon thousands of laws across the nation or the world. We wouldn't have all these prisons and, and just go right down the line. Okay, speaking of being inherently good, and you just mentioned having all of these laws. Do you know how many laws Governor Newsom signed for California in 2022? Some which go into effect as of the 1st of January 2023, some a little bit later. If I had to guess, I would say over 200. That is correct. Do Do you want to revise your guess if I told you it was at least four times that? Well, I know a couple of years ago it was like 2000. So. Okay, not quite that high. Yeah. Okay, so Newsom signed 997 laws. And I actually think it was so low. It's getting higher now, but so low because they're still doing some of the COVID, some of the protocols, some of the health protocols that have slowed certain things down for them. So I think some of those health protocols have lessened how much they do, but 997. Okay, so let's play devil's advocates. So there's some laws that are inherently flawed and it's okay to go back annually or every couple, three years and revisit them and fix them and fix them. But as long as they do a one for one, they don't just add 900 new laws. They look at existing law and if any parallel one another or they're so close, you can't tell the difference between the two or three or four you strike. Right, you need to strike one to add the other, or yes. strike two to add a new one. If if two laws are in, you know, kind of contradiction or so close yes. or whatnot, you might create a third law that says, by the way, these two are gone. Kind of like what we talked about last week with drug laws and how there's a blue collar and a white collar penalty. Right. For the same thing. For cocaine yes. or crack cocaine. For yes. For the exact same thing. Yes. So one of the laws is to raise our minimum wage. So it just jumped to $15 an hour this past year for the year 2022. It jumped to 15. Now it will go up again. It will be 1550. Um, Another law that's on the books is more grace for pedestrians. So jaywalking and loitering will be enforced in a little bit different manner for 2023. Police officers will no longer be able to ticket a person for crossing the street outside of an intersection, which is normally what jaywalking is, unless they are in immediate danger of getting hit by a car. So basically, if they walked out in front of a car, they could get ticketed for jaywalking. But if the street is clear, they can just walk across the road, cannot get ticketed for jaywalking. I can partially agree with that. 
especially if you're looking at a street that you need to cross and you had to park and you had to park 35 parking stalls or spots on the side of the road down and then you have to walk all the way back to said crosswalk if there's nobody coming and it's not a busy street i could see that and that's good that's one of those hey let's do a one for one or let's kind of alter a law a little bit that's a good thing makes sense okay so the second part of it was you cannot ticket people if they are loitering for the purpose of prostitution that one i don't agree with okay i'm sure some of the laws are good and some of them are frivolous and some of them are just somebody wanting to make a name for themselves while they're in office there for a couple years i don't know what the terms are for assemblymen and state senators but they're just wanting to make a name for themselves because i'm sure you could do without all those laws and still get by just fine so do you Agreed. know actor jeremy rimmer rimmer renner renner yes he played hawkeye in avengers oh, okay i haven't seen avengers so i wouldn't know but I oh guess. oh my gosh you must be one of the one peoples in the world I'm <laughs> I'm just one kidding. out of a billion so apparently he's been hospitalized in critical but stable condition following a snow plowing accident. So they're calling it a snow plowing accident, but I did read a little bit of a follow up when they were trying to say what had happened. So apparently he was plowing in the area that he lives. Poor guy. Very poor guy. Apparently he got some blunt force to the chest, has had at least two surgeries. Um. So, and they haven't re- released his, like, the next condition. And in I guess other. they own a, a ski, lo- not a ski lodge, but they own a house at a, by a ski resort up in Reno. Yes, somewhere. in the Reno area. Okay. Yeah, or Tahoe. Reno, Well, Tahoe, I mean, it's yeah. all the, it's only right. 30 minutes from the airport, so. It's all in Nevada. Yes, so. but apparently California, um, it's so close to the California border where they were that they had uh, personnel from both. Show up. Yeah. That's cool. That's uh, sorry for him. I didn't know who he was. I just happened to see the article and wanted to put in my two cents. Did you try to watch Monday Night Football this week? I did not, but I did hear there was an incident that happened with a player. Yes. He made a, a pretty good tackle, and then he gets up, he takes a step, and he has a heart attack and falls flat to the ground. 24 years old young young man and it doesn't i mean it doesn't really look like he it uh i did see the play and it didn't look like an incredibly hard hit anything outside of norms but you never know when it hits you in exactly the wrong place or you know freak accident type of thing like did he just happen to hit in the exact wrong place when he made the tackle that his heart came out of rhythm right and i don't think that's a common thing in football I don't know if it's ever happened before, but I know it's kind of common in boxing. And with the new sports, MMA and all that stuff, it, it's pretty common. The exact it, wrong yeah, place. It used to be common in boxing because you'd get thumped in the wrong spot at the wrong time when your heart's doing its initial or a beat. And then you get thumped and it knocks you out of rhythm. And that's happened a lot with people in, uh, getting their livers lacerated by a good spinning back kick or a good, good, good punch. 
Yeah, so there's more to come on that one. They they said they're going to be releasing, or they're likely to release more information over time. But I I heard that as a a tribute to his hopeful recovery, um, many people started donating to a cause that he has. It's a toy foundation. A, a or toy something? foundation. Yeah. So they have received an outpouring of support for him in other ways. Um to care for him and his foundation and, and just to show love and support for him. That's cool. Sounds like he was a a good young man and had, uh, and please don't take this wrong, but he has a great heart. Yes. So hopefully the doctors are able to help him recovery, recover physically to go with what he does mentally and emotionally for support. So let's switch just a little bit to some politicking. Good old politicking. Good old politicking. So let's go to the House of Representatives. Who won the House in the midterms? So the Republicans won the House in the midterms. They actually secured several more seats than expected. or unex- I don't know if it was expected or unexpected, but they, they secured more seats than just the mid-post line. What's interesting when you watch... The Democratic Party, even as ancient as their Speaker of the House is, that every time they would win re-election, she would get a challenger or two, but then it would get squashed almost immediately. Right away. And she would get voted in as Speaker of the House again and again and again and again. Yes. Well, the current flock of Republicans vying for the Speakership Mr. McCarthy thought he was a deadlock for it. Correct. Apparently it's not working out like that. And I don't think he should have. I don't think that it should be him. I think that he's too, he's too middle left for me. For what he claims to believe in and what he actually does, he goes too far left for me numerous times. But he... He thought so much of himself getting the speakership that apparently he already started moving into the speaker's office. He did. He thought he was a shoe-in, and he actually, trying to make a final bid, the right wing of the party or the ultra-conservatives wanted some concessions, and he gave them them immediately. And one that I thought was pretty good, though, that I hope whoever gets a speakership does and proxy voting, and they make it the way the House of Representatives is set up, that they actually have to go in person in to, person vote. to vote so they can bicker back and forth, or as they call it, debate, until they come up with a good solution and resolution, then they can vote on it. Yes. One of the things that has been bothering me about the remote voting is you can send somebody else in there to vote for you. So you give them your, you say, so-and-so is going to proxy vote for me. So one person who's going to be there can potentially be proxy voting for any number of people. So we've been seeing proxy voting. And usually what they'll say is, oh, health conditions have rendered me unable to come in and vote. But then we find out that that person is on vacation on a yacht or, or wherever, a yes, uh, off to Florida, off to this place, off to that, wherever they're at. I think that that is ridiculous. 
and they are paid to do a job. We pay them big bucks. And in fact, Nancy Pelosi just big raise gave them a big raise. We pay them six figures. They can show up to work. They can absolutely show up and do their job. Yes, they can. And this is how all your other Republicans in the House feel about Mr. McCarthy. So House members believe McCarthy has no compass or the correct belief system, and he will promise and compromise anything with anyone. I did not realize that our Bakersfield congressman was like that. I thought he was a conservative. I didn't realize that he was a middle of the road. He is a rhino. And they need no more rhinos. They need to flush that house and put the proper people in place that will help stop spending money like drunken sailors. Yes. They do need to to quit spending money like drunken sailors. And I do want to... Sorry, uh, uh, two points. One, they still make a lot of money in the house, and they still make six figures. They still need to make sure they show up. But Nancy Pelosi, what she did was say that the house staff, their their um, staff members actually got a pay increase to $212,000. Now, is that all the staff members for every congressman and woman, or is that just for the leadership role? So it says what... The article that I read says that um, her directive is raising the maximum rate lawmakers can pay House staff to $212,000 annually. So it's all of them. Which is which is $38,000 more than what Congress makes. So yes, it's their staff members who are working for them. It increased what they can pay their staff well, members. Well, I had thought maybe it was just the Speaker of the House's staff members were going to get the big raise, but it's all staff. All staff. There. Okay, yes. So all staff. And I just think it's really interesting that they'll cap out those long-term government employees. But if you're working for the political types. The fix is in. You get a little bit more. The and f- The fix is in. Now, I wonder, not to cut you off, no. but I wonder Go if ahead. they pay taxes based on the state that they're from and taxes from D.C. Oh, that's a very good question. Do they pay taxes based on both areas of where they're working or do they get it based on? Well, I'm sure the D.C. staff. It's based on where they're working. But then the actual um, government employee, uh, sorry, the elected leaders. That's a good question because part of their time is spent in Washington and part of their time is spent wherever home is. I ask that simply because let's throw basketball players and football players out there. I see where you're going there. Congress has set up laws for them and the IRS tax code that say a basketball team is from L.A., L.A. Lakers, okay, LeBron James. He makes a large salary when he plays basketball in California, down Southern California. He pays taxes that night, that week, that month based on their if he goes to Houston, he pays Houston taxes. If he goes to Dallas, he pays Dallas taxes or Texas. If he goes to Boston, he pays Boston taxes. So they pay different taxes all over the U.S. So I wonder if, in their infinite wisdom, if Congress and the IRS set up the tax code so they have to do exactly like these professionals do, or if they exempted them or how they do their tax rates. I got to do some research. Yes. I really got to do some research on this one because I think 
I think that it's really interesting to see if they're under the same kind of difficulties. And just to, to jump back, though, with all this proxy voting, if they voted in Washington, but they weren't in Washington and they get paid for being there. And if they're not there, they they can technically lose part of their paycheck. But since they can proxy, how does that? How does that work? Yeah. So keeping on with our tax talk. So one of the things that just happened was the Democrats, because they were the ones who had the House until January 3rd, a couple days ago. So they were the ones that had the House. Just before they left, they got permission to have Donald Trump's tax returns. And now the House Ways and Means Committee released Donald Trump's tax return, published it to the public. So now pretty much anyone can go through it. But it it got me to thinking if they can go and request anyone's tax returns for their reasons, president or not, does that mean that they should start releasing all public tax returns of public employees? Like, do we have a right to theirs? Any elected official should have to release all of their taxes from inception, from the very first time they paid a tax to present time. Because I know, just kind of tagging on to that, there's a little article today wanting to know how middle-class Joe Biden amassed such a fortune. If you do the math. It doesn't work out. The math does not add up. No, I'm not a math wizard by any means. But I can add. And I can look at somebody's salary and say they made, we'll just pick a simpleton number, $5. $5 a year for 40 years. It should total gross how much? $200. Then you take taxes out of that, 10%, 20%. It should be? 180 or 160. Yes, it should not be. 20 million, 30 million, 50 million, 100 million. He Vacation has, home in Delaware, beachfront property. Yes, he has been a public servant for over 40 years. He should not have a mass. I mean, good for him if it was anybody else. But I think there's a little bit of shenanigans going on there. A little too much shenanigans. Yeah, too many shenanigans. I agree. And so that would mean that by saying that you believe that Donald Trump's tax return should have been released by him either running or actually getting elected to his first official office every day after that or every tax return after that, he should have had to. Absolutely. But I kind of got off. Uh, No, no, no. no, I kind of got off on my own little tangent there and my own target, which my target was. Did he do his own personal taxes? No, he no. had he had an accountant do it. And right. I just want to jump to say, like, I don't disagree with you. So the answer would be that he should have to release it. Okay, no problem. But then let's go another step forward and say they all should have yes. to release it. So I, I just wanted to make sure we were clear to yes. our audience. Well, the, the, the addition to that is if tax accountants have to do a billionaire's taxes, how many people that are going to look at his taxes you think have the wherewithal to understand what it means. Because if you're looking at a guy that has, let's say he's got 500 companies and he has 50,000 employees, there is no simpleton out there like me, 
you or anybody else that's going to be able to look at 100 or 200 different tax schedules and figure out whether he cheated on his taxes or not. He may not know he cheated on his taxes. That's not his job. His job is to amass millions or billions. It's the IRS and Congress's job to create tax law. He then hires tax accountants and tax attorneys to minimize his tax obligation. Tax obligation. And every single one of them back there do it. Yes, and to be clear, I've actually looked at um, Elizabeth Warren's taxes that she's released when she was running for president and all of that, and she took tax deductions for different things, so let's not think that part of it is a loophole or something special. Guess what? They all do it. If it's in the tax code and you follow it, how is it a loophole? Absolutely. You followed the law. Yes, and we're forgetting about the other guy. See, they don't want to talk about like Mr. Warren Buffett, who has amassed a big fortune. Everybody follows his stock predictions and all that. And they were bragging up one time how his secretary paid more taxes. And that was a misspeak because percentage wise, percentage of income, because he made everything a business expense and not his, he paid more overall. But if you want to do it percentage to income, it was less. Well, let's just carry it one step further. This is a fun topic. Okay. What about the Clintons? Why did they create the Clinton Foundation? To funnel money. To funnel and hide and not pay, as everybody calls it, like Elizabeth Warren and them, their fair share of taxes. Right, and who who in that partnership, Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton, would have been the one to sign laws? Oh, Mr. President. Yes, and then who in the 2000s would have been the one... To help make the laws. Hillary Clinton. Oh, so two people. Senator Clinton. Yes, two people. One who made the laws at at different points in time. They didn't do it at the same time. But one who made the laws and one who signed the laws. Who would have helped to create any loophole for any congressman, any president, any Joe Schmo to use? (laughs) yes you know the crazy thing about that whole deal is it's easy for them to fix it all they got to do is say okay if you make from zero to ten thousand dollars a year you pay one percent you make ten to twenty thousand you pay two percent you make twenty to thirty you pay three percent on up pick a number so we have that we have a graduated tax system but then they create all of these carve outs special interest whatever's going on and they they did it for the the um, electric car industry, they had, um, you could get a grant or you can get a refund of your federal tax dollars. And in some cases, California did the, the refund. But you can get money to go buy certain vehicles. So the handouts, the loopholes, the whatever you want to call it, were at the behest of our government officials. They created the loopholes, the carve-outs, and everything. I'm a big proponent of the flat tax. At the time, I thought Herman Cain did a, a pretty decent way of selling it, which was the 999 plan. 9% corporate, individual, and sales tax. Everybody pays 9%. And then we'll, we will go from there. If you want to even say that there's a, a floor 
where anyone making below, say, $50,000, $25,000, pick a number. And that could be true for corporate, too. If your corporation doesn't make, you know, more than $25,000, whatever the floor is, you make a floor and you say you pay zero. And then once you hit 25000 or again, whatever your number is, then you pay 9% for everything after that. No carve-outs, no specials, no write-offs, nothing. Nine, nine, nine. If we want it to be a different number, we, we pick a different number. But we just pick that number and we go with it. And right. everybody has skin in the game. See, and you'd have to strip that thing down top to bottom. Because even if you say took people that make 30000 under and you eliminate doing their taxes in a federal tax, they're still going to pay federal tax every single time they go to the gas pump. I don't know what the percentage is, 10%, 12%, 20%. Well, we would have to do away with all of the other tax. We'd have to say the government now needs to get along with only receiving this amount. Well, see, if we weren't spending and sending hundreds of billions over to this country, billions to this country, millions to this country, and doing all these little pet projects within these bills, you know, you see one bill that's supposed to mean X and it means A through Z. Uh, they, they have created a heck of a Ponzi scheme here. And and they have. So, in fact, a the federal government's budget, as it currently stands, the numbers have come out from the data of the Office of Management and Budget that our totals are approaching $1.4 trillion for expenditures in 2022. Our national debt is $31.5 trillion. We have huge environmental, like, or huge maintenance costs, higher interest rate, all of this stuff that's going against us. So when all of that is analyzed into what it means for us, either the federal government, to in order to balance the books, would require a 30% spending cut. We need to spend 30% less than we are, or they need to increase taxes by 40%. No, this is all computer generated. All they need to do is go control, alt, delete, and there is no and more deficit. Exist. Well, you know what? I think we should control, alt, delete our um, what we owe to China, and then that will help us get down. And, and I think at certain points in time, we do play with the economies. And we break other countries just like we did to Japan years ago when Japan owned a, owned a bulk of us. A lot of the buildings down in Southern California and in Hawaii and around the U.S., Japan had a big interest in it. And then all of a sudden, boom, our economy tanks, their economy tanks, wipes them out. This is a, a historical game that we play. You know who else is playing a little game right now is I thought the days of people attacking our electrical grid across the U.S. was over. Nope. But apparently there's been several attacks on our grid up in the Pacific Northwest. And then there was just one this week in North Carolina causing power outages there. Here, here's a tidbit of information for you. They can put cameras up anywhere. They catch people all the time. As a matter of fact, you and I talked about on this podcast the, the gentleman or lady that committed those murders in Idaho Yes, a gentleman was going, against the right, was going to get caught based on a camera somewhere seeing something, and that's how it started. Was a camera view at a convenience store or a gas station caught a car yes. model type, yes, and color. Okay, so I know for a fact. You know, how I know. I just know. 
You know what you know. There's cameras at these electrical grid stations, these transfer stations. And I'm hoping that the FBI or whoever's watching these have picked up on these guys and they've wrapped them up. Because I can't believe that we have these grids being hit all over the U.S. And I don't mean hit it, being hit by a computer. They're being hit. Gunshots? With gunshots and the Among light. other things. Yes, among other things. So they better, but it's like the border, it's not happening, but they better address this here pretty soon. They definitely need to address it. And it, it's, to me, it's quite interesting that you would bring up the FBI because I, I want to bring up a conspiracy that never really happened, but I, I'm waiting to find out. We'll hold that conspiracy for a second. I will. So at the same time that that electrical grid or substation was hit in North Carolina, there was an industrial accident in the same state, almost within the same time. And it it's really just coincidence where a 70-foot-tall scaffolding had broken apart and collapsed. And three people had died from falling 70 feet. I've worked off a of scaffolding and it was either very poorly put together. And I know the the NTSB or whoever looks at it, it's not the NTSB, but whoever looks at it, the industrial OSHA group will determine what happened. But it had to have been very poorly put together because those scaffoldings that go that high are very well constructed and generally very well put together. But there's three folks that didn't get to go home to their family because somebody didn't do their due diligence and take care of that stand. Go ahead. Tell me about a conspiracy. Sorry, just kind of speaking of the FBI, but it reminded me of a conspiracy and his name, the name of the entire conspiracy. His name is Ray Epps. We've talked about him previously on this show. He was seen on video both January 5th and January 6th. On January 5th, he was seen on video saying, we need to march inside the Capitol. That is not word for word, but he said the words march and going into and the Capitol. Close enough to it. <laughs> so it's not a direct quote, but he said that they needed to march inside the Capitol. Inside. That was on January 5th. On January 6th, he is seen on video getting people to bust down barriers he's telling people we need to go in he's telling people where to go he is for lack of a better word orchestrating and the word orchestrating comes up because it was actually said during his interview with the january 6th committee he was asked about the word orchestrate because he texted his nephew and his nephew texted him back. So he his next nephew texted to him, you and Jim be safe. And then Ray Epps responded a little bit later. I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. Orchestrated what? What would he be orchestrating? So then they ask him, help us to understand what did you mean by orchestrate? What did you orchestrate? And then he answers, I just meant that I got, you have to understand our relationship, uncle, nephew. We hunt together. We fun with each other. We do that kind of stuff. What I meant by orchestrate, I helped to get people there. 
So now he's trying to say that even though he helped to orchestrate it, he just meant he helped to get people there. And all of his question and answers were either leading or softball. Well, see, that's the Bill Clinton line of questioning and answer. What is the definition of is? Yes. And so he goes on over and over being asked, like, what did you mean by this and what happened and et cetera. You have people who were arrested because of their interconnectedness to other people who were actually physically present at the Capitol. You had people who had FBI agents show up on their doorstep because they went to the rally portion and not to the Capitol, um, either outside it or inside the Capitol building, but they went to the rally portion and then they left. You had the FBI show up on the doorstep of people who said, I think that looks like so-and-so. In Ray Epps' case, he is texting about what he's helping to orchestrate. He was seen on video telling people to go inside the Capitol building on January 5th and January 6th. You see him tell people to do something, and then they go do it. They tear down um, the, the gates around, keeping people out of the Capitol. He's riling people up. You had people arrested for less. And this guy is getting an absolute free pass. So my conspiracy theory is we are not getting the whole story on him. He absolutely, based on the arrest records of everybody else for what everybody else is doing, should have been hooked up and charged as well. So the fact that he wasn't charged, to me, conspiracy theory time, FBI. So if the FBI is involved in this, are they going to be involved in something else? They will be, and it's really not a conspiracy. You've actually nailed down exactly what it is, and you know what it is, and I know what it is, and so does everybody that's listening to us. He was part of whipping people up in a frenzy. He was part of the 50 or 60 officers that were embedded with everybody. They knew exactly what they were doing and what was going on. And I think that it kind of spiraled out of control. And this is their way of tamping down evidence and getting things back in their control. Because all of these law enforcement agencies back there with all their computer technology, all their expert IT guys, the full force of the United States government behind them, they can do anything to anybody they choose. And if you look at the Russia collusion right on down the line, they can make stuff up and they can make it stick. Yeah, and two years later, we still do not know who planted the bombs at the Capitol next to the RNC and DNC uh, offices. Right. But it will come out eventually, even if it takes 70 years and it's a redacted sheet of paper that only has four words on it. We'll know what we know, just like the, the Kennedy assassination. They think that we're idiots. They keep redacting things. It's been, what, 60 years? Yes. All of the principles are dead, just like they have said on major news outlets. There's no reason any longer to hide any of this information. The only reason they want to hide it is because the spooks, the CIA and others, are so strong. They're so prevalent in interwoven in this society and around the world that you can't stop them 
And if they did 100% see on paper that they really did have something to do with it, as the nephew says, then it, that proverbial saying, it is what it is. We know they had something to do with it. They wouldn't keep the stuff redacted and they wouldn't keep 2,000 pages hidden. Right. If they found that some random dude killed just a random crazy dude, killed Kennedy, and then another random crazy dude killed the killer of Kennedy, it'd be like, here's all the proof that you need. Here's his rantings. Here's his ravings. Here's his gun. Here's his shot practice. And this is why he did it. If we ever figured out why he did it, they would release that and then time would go on. Well, just like now. You wouldn't need to redact everything. In modern times with all this IT technology and all the algorithms that when you say something online or when you come up with a catchphrase, it it tags it and then you're watched. Period. Okay, speaking of catchphrase, did you know that the CIA was actually the one to come up with conspiracy theory and it was all surrounding the Kennedy assassination that everything having to do with that was a conspiracy theory? That's the apparent origins of the phrase conspiracy theory? Yes. And, you know, they are just so powerful. I believe now they're unstoppable. The reason I know that is because one of our senators back in New York, I believe his name is Schumer. Mr. Chuck Schumer. Yeah, made a statement live about Trump and how he has basically hurt himself that the CIA and others will get back at him at some point in time. I mean, that's just a little paraphrase of, how it was said, but there was more to it than that. He is on camera. He was recorded, and it's been put out there that Trump essentially hurt himself by saying that he was going to go drain, after. Drain the swamp. Yep. Because so, they are a part of the swamp. Yes. So, question. Yes. Biblical times. Yes. Is it fact? Is it fiction? Is it faith? Is there history? Fact and faith. Okay. And a part of our history. So, Israel, Jewish folks, there's a biblical site there that has been unearthed. It's a pool. Okay. So finally, after 2,000 years, the entire pool is going to be open for public view. This is where Jesus apparently healed a blind man. And it's pretty awesome. So this then is not faith. This is fact. This part actually affirms scripture. Yes, yeah, so it goes along with, do you believe that what you believe is really real? And even if you, they hadn't uncovered this pool yet, did you have the faith to believe that what you believed was really real? The Bible and the information in the Bible was really real. So that's one part of it. But the second part to me is when they start to uncover these historical sites and points and it just kind of reinforces that what I believe is really real. So you had the faith and then the facts are also coming along for it. And you could have the facts here and there and then you see these little things. I don't know. It just makes me feel good each time. What are the- well, I always have trouble with some words in the Bible because I try to say them and gibberish comes out of my mouth. And this one, I'm going to spell it. You say it. S-I-L-O-A-M. Salome? Salome. Salome. The pool of Salome 
and the pilgrimage road are among the most inspiring archaeological affirmations of the Bible. It is fact, not fiction. Absolutely. It's neat that after 2,000 years, the Israeli Antiquities Authority is going to open it, the entire thing for viewing. It's pretty cool. I think that's amazing. I, I would love to go to Israel. Because even when folks struggle throughout their life to believe in whatever, whether it's Hinduism or Muslim, Christianity, uh, whatever religion, when you can actually find a piece of your history that actually is affirmed, it, it makes it even greater. So that it's not, you know, my simpleton approach is, okay, I can take my index finger and point it at you and say, see, told you so. You know, it's actually pretty cool that they keep uncovering these artifacts. And some artifacts that are interesting that were uncovered over the last couple of years are up in Alaska. Oh, yeah? It's a gentleman. He was on one of the podcasts I watch, which is a Joe Rogan show. I'm not going to say his name or any of that or where his site's at. You guys can watch the episode. Look at it for yourself. Um, he bought a five-acre plot because I believe this guy looks for exotic minerals. And they actually uncovered, uh, started out with one woolly mammoth tusk. Okay. A 15-foot-long tusk. Wow. Well, then there was another one and then another. And what they're doing is they're hitting this, this wall with a blast of water and all these archaeological artifacts or bones have been washed away. And to date, he had to build a big warehouse to house all these bones. And the number is either 50,000 or 500,000. I believe it was over 50,000 bones, and he's found hundreds of tusks, hundreds of them. And the interesting thing is, what are the guys and gals called that do this stuff? Do we call them paleontologists? Yes. Had said, absolutely, there was no willy mammoths in Alaska. Never happened. Until... They found this dig. And it happened. And it happened. So now they're having to rethink. Everything that they knew. Everything that they didn't know. Yes. Everything they claim they knew. Yes. Because that's something that happens a lot too is we're told that this is what we know and then we learn it and then they change. And that's where the crossover is. And, and I'm not pushing religion on our on our site by any means. I'm learning. Even at 60 years old, I'm trying to learn. Because you have all these scientists that say the Bible, Jesus, God, did not happen. It's fiction. Yet they continue to find these digs. And history is proving to be true on all fronts. So now they need to get together with biblical scholars and say, okay, we say this, you say this, what say we combined? Because are there dinosaurs in the Bible. See, I don't know, so I can't answer that. When you go to like the Mayan runes and you look inside some of those caverns, what do you see on the walls there that's called hieroglyphs of spaceships? So did the spaceships come down? So what was first, the chicken or the egg? What was BC? What was AD? You know, how do you marry all this together? How do you put this all in a pot? and marinate it and come up with the right answer. Obviously, all the years of us knowing, we don't know what we don't know. Very true. That's why you want this simple guy to analyze and 
take care of global warming for you in one sentence? Do it. Crude oil is the Earth's cooling fluid. So we're using it up and we're heating up our Earth because we don't have the cooling fluid. Even if it's ever so slight, even if it's a half a degree per hundred years, we're extracting the cooling fluid from Mother Earth. That's all. Just a thought on that. So I actually read an interesting article that said that our global warming problem or our climate change problem is actually potentially going to um, stop the champagne industry because <sighs> our climate is no longer going to be the correct temperate climate for, for France. Champ, for champ grapes? For champ grapes, for France to actually grow and have their champagne industry. So I was actually doing a little bit of research on that because I wanted to to find out a little bit more. And that actually led me to a different topic. Uh, same thing, champagne, but a different era, I should say. So a Missouri scientist, uh, Mr. Charles Valentine Riley, is actually credited with saving... French vineyards. So he raced to the aid of winemakers with millions of American rootstock after a pest destroyed 90% of French vineyards. This is a 19th century guy. So he, um, in the 1800s, so the 19th century, he actually was able to take these American rootstocks over to France and help save their, their vineyards because of a microscopic aphid that was feasting on the roots of the French grapevines. Apparently, the American ones were immune to these aphids. So had this scientist not taken American rootstock to France, and saved the vineyards. In we, what year? Yeah, in the <laughs> 1800s. We actually wouldn't have to talk about climate change and vineyards in France because they wouldn't exist. Right, and I always talk about that kind of stuff with tongue-in-cheek because I always look up to the north here of us, like 60 miles or so, which is Yosemite. And there's a place you can go up and look down over the valley, and it's called Glacier Point. Yet that glacier, according to the experts, has not been there for thousands of years, which would have been pre-crude oil. And global warming wouldn't have impacted it. Correct. And that's why it appears that the Earth goes through cycles, whether it's every thousand years, 10,000 years, 20,000 years, we cannot control this big mother earth. That is a good point. Just saying, like I always tell you guys, I'm just a simple guy. So do you watch tennis ever? I don't usually watch like full matches, but sometimes I'll see one here or there. Well, for some reason, back in the day, I guess it was when I was younger, 20s, 30s, the actual people I watched play tennis I like so I would watch matches and unfortunately 
tennis great Martina Navratilova has been diagnosed with two forms of cancer. She has throat cancer and breast cancer. And she actually had breast cancer back in 2010, which they went in and did a couple surgeries, and they thought they had that under control. Um, She has come out and said that she believes that this is very serious, but she thinks it's fixable. And just for you folks that don't know who Martina is, she was considered one of the best ever. She was ranked number one for 332 consecutive weeks. Wow. She won 59 major titles, which most notably was nine Wimbledon titles in a row. Wow. What an amazing player. Yeah, she was quite a player. I remember watching her. It was very cool. So... 2024 election is a long way off. But people have already started making their announcements. Right. We don't know who we're going to vote for, obviously. At least I don't. And I think our former president is probably not going to get the nomination. He's not so well received right now. Um, He wasn't necessarily well received publicly in, in news reports or even when they were doing the debates. But as each debate progressed, it seemed like he swung opinion. So I am wondering if it will take, if opinion will swing once debate season starts back up. And it very well may. And I know a lot of the pundits in the news blamed him for the midterm losses and all the people he personally picked, every one of them lost, or most of them lost. Yeah, not everyone, now, but... The local most, elections, yeah. some of the smaller elections, um, he cleaned house, uh, some of the bigger ones he lost. But he has now blamed, he being Donald Trump, has blamed pro-life Republicans for the midterm losses. If you uh, apparently believe in the right to life of a baby, you are... So the typical Republican that is more on the conservative side of Republicanism, they do not wish to have any caveats or carve-outs for um, abortion. Right. And then you have the, you know, middle right who do believe in some caveats and carve-outs for abortion. Super center who say 13 weeks, any reason, fine. And then you get into those who believe all the time, anytime. And Republicans, some Republicans do follow the whole spectrum. Right. And I guess he basically said that after Roe v. Wade was overturned, that that portion, the pro-life portion of the Republican Party just didn't go vote. They figured they had their victory. Uh, They didn't care about anything else. But lest we remember that, This thing continues on forever. Yes, it it doesn't end. And I, I personally, I, (laughs) another conspiracy theory. Bring it. Um, I personally, I I believe I've talked about this before. I believe that the the left actually created the um claim that Republicans were going to clean house. They did. They always do. They're really good at that. And then, and then Republicans latched on. Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to. Everybody's talking about it. We're going to. It was in for me. It was in the news too much for people not to see it. So that I don't believe that it would have been sold as much as it was 
if it wasn't a, a, a an invisible ploy i don't know it wasn't invisible obviously we saw it but like a ploy by the left to get the right to latch on and then they run with it same thing that happened with the whole barack obama birth certificate was that hillary started it but then republicans latched latched on and then they became the bad guys even though it came from hillary so i i just think that it was Something that didn't exist in the first place that leftists made seem like it existed, which was the landslide Republican win. And then when it wasn't a landslide, but Republicans still kind of won, now they say, see, you didn't perform, so you're terrible no matter what. Let me add a caveat to that little quick sidebar before I get on to the next thing here is I can absolutely attest to that. And I can attest to the fact that, let me see if I can articulate this properly, that Sometimes when others say something and it's better left unsaid and then you, in a heated moment, repeat that, it then becomes your issue or your problem. Yes. Even though you didn't create it, you now own it. Yes. Been there recently. So, yeah, and I think that that's part of what happened is that it wasn't created by the right. Because I don't think, I think with the Roe v. Wade decision, that was actually a a negative in Republicanville. And so then Republicans would have had to come out in droves and over to overcome the negative consequences, the perceptive negative consequences in society. Right. So going from one president that we just talked about that to, which to our current one. Okay, let's who, talk about our current who one. Who recently went on vacation. Oh, you mean during the middle of a crisis? Yeah, and he wanted to tout how great everything was right now, why he was signing that bill and all this good stuff. Yet there's The bill that they had to fly to him in the Virgin yes. Islands. There should, was he in the... Never mind, go ahead. Yet... There's a bunch of historical firsts right now, and there's a bunch of highs, highest gas prices, highest food prices, highest this, highest that. The southern border is a mess. Biggest uh, loss in the stock market since at least 08. Yes. Fuel made it up quite high. It's come down a little bit. Well, now experts are expecting that to go back up here in a month or two, back up to potentially $4 a gallon. It's already going there. In California, it wouldn't be surprising because of our different mixes. In San Fran and L.A., we don't see $7 a gallon gas again. Yet this guy can stand on his soapbox along with his little handlers and brag about how great everything is right now. It just boggles my mind that over 50% of the population would actually buy off on that. But they really didn't. Because 25% think he's doing a fantastic job, and the remainder of voting block Americans, Democrat, Republican, Independent, Communist, Socialist, whatever, believe he is not. It, it just it just boggles my mind. I don't understand how we can have a president and a vice president and a former speaker now, former speaker of the House, and the leader of the Senate that can keep telling us the sky is purple, 
the sky is orange, the sky is green, and a portion of the population nods along and says, oh my gosh, yes. Well, when you make six figures plus, and they're pretty much untouchable, you know, it's like they always talk about the flyover communities in the Midwest, you know, that all the Midwestern people are idiots. Oh, the flyover states. Yes, that's what they believe. They're always right. Their little test cases always work, and they don't, and they just move on to the next thing. Okay, so our president went to a donor's house and vacationed there and invited said donor to a state dinner. So they also got to go to a state dinner. So our, our president's out at a donor's house, even though that should arguably be very unethical, if not illegal, for the president to go to a campaign donor's house to vacation. But anyway... Something that happened out in the Virgin Islands is a prosecutor filed against J.P. Morgan and they were suing the bank because they helped Jeffrey Epstein facilitate his crimes. Financially, they helped him to facilitate everything that he did, including sex trafficking. And you know who was involved with him? The CIA. So, after the prosecutor filed... The charges to say that J.P. Morgan helped to facilitate the crimes. Guess what happened to her? She disappeared. Fired. Ooh. She was fired by the governor of the Virgin Islands, who happens to be a Democrat. Conspiracy or not. Right? So somebody actually goes again, you know, after the financial crimes... That included the bank that helped to facilitate Jeffrey Epstein's crimes, and we fire her. Of course, that's why the list of perps has never been released. So speaking of other donors, so to keep with the uh, the donors, someone who donated to Biden was Sam Bankman Fried. He was the crypto scammer, alleged crypto scammer. Yes. So he was in the Bahamas. He gets extradited from the Bahamas to the United States, and he immediately gets bail. He then apparently, well, uh, there's no proof yet, but magically, $1.7 million in crypto vanishes from an account linked to Bankman Fried. So he gets released on bail, and then money disappears. Crypto crypto. See, that was the scuttlebutt on the news. Big media news as to why they didn't send him back to the states as quickly as possible because they were tidying up loose ends here in the states. They were tidying things up and they wanted to make sure that a lot of these Democrats and maybe a Republican or two were crossing their T's and dotting their I's. Yeah, so 99% were Democrats, 1%, or a little less than 1% was Republican. And they... There's talk about how they can still keep the money that he donated. So that was some of the scuttlebutt, how they can keep their money. And the victims of his scams are saying, no, y'all need to give that money back because the victims deserve to be compensated, you know, at least in uh, in a portion of what they were scammed. Speaking of. of victims versus the criminals, so the Manhattan DA who's been in office, I think, a little over a year, maybe two years. 
has downgraded 52% of felonies to misdemeanors. He said he wants to prioritize rights for criminals, and I'm going to throw this in, but not the victims. So the justice system, is it justice for the criminals or justice for the victims? Now we seem to be going for justice for the criminals in the how can we make your life better kind of justice. Well, apparently the George Soros-backed DAs are all for the criminal and not for the victim, which in my humble opinion makes George Soros criminal. That is interesting that you say that. So... Not only are we looking at these DAs, but let's also talk about the judges. Because some of the judges are actually uh, elected officials so or elected judges, so they also have an agenda. They have to kind of go with where their money came from. But not every judge is an elected judge. Some are appointed. The, anyway, it just depends on where. But there was a California deputy who was shot in a traffic stop, and unfortunately he died. The man who shot him has an extensive criminal history. With that, um, some say that... Well, and when you say extensive criminal history, he has a serious criminal history. Yeah, so we're not just talking about petty crimes, petty theft, or, you know, a little bit of, not a little bit, but drug use that may have kept him wrapped in the criminal justice system. So his criminal history dates back to at least 22 years in the state of California. He was actually a third striker. He was, this individual was convicted of his third strike. And in California, a third strike means that you're supposed to go away for life. And that I don't know if that's life with or without parole, but you're supposed to go away for life. He was convicted of his third strike, November 2021. In the prior incident, he was pursued by California authorities in March of 2021 for a felony kidnapping warrant. He was arrested after attempting um, to elude police, but he was taken down by a canine dog. He stabbed said canine dog his car was disabled by a spike strip he attempted to flee on foot etc he was convicted of a third strike november 2021 and then during sentencing the judge actually gave him bail after the sentencing of a third strike he was released he was arrested on a failure to appear after all of that, and then when he got arrested after the failure to appear, put in front of the judge, the judge released him again. And that's when he went and killed someone. Yes, and it's unfortunate that all this young man's life, and this young man I'm talking about, the deputy sheriff, wanted to be a motorcycle officer. He had worked in county jail in the prison system for a while and and just recently within the last year he went to motor school graduated with honors and i believe he had only been a motorcycle officer for about a month a month or two very recent motorcycle cop it's amazing that i was just talking to your uncle my brother about his granddaughter who just bought a house right by where this officer was killed same town amazing the six degrees of separation. Yes. Yeah, so 
my opinion is that the judge should actually be tried for murder Absolutely. being an accomplice to and that's basically what the sheriff of riverside county said when he did his interview right after the murder he said had this judge not done what he had done this kid would still be alive he was a third striker yes. who had already shown that he was willing to flee from law enforcement he fled that's where he had his uh, kidnapping felony warrant out for his arrest. He fled that arrest. He had a failure to appear after he was given bail, after his third strike came through. He repeatedly showed that he was unwilling to abide by societal laws. And he was a detriment to society. Well, do judges not swear an oath? They're supposed to, yeah. but maybe his, uh, I swear to protect and serve, I swear to protect, well, that's technically the police, to protect the criminal. Well, maybe that's what's was, in his head. Something was definitely wrong with his mindset because he is the root cause of this young man being killed, period. Yes, and, yeah. and I do want to be clear. In some cases, judges can't know. They can't possibly know what every person is going to do every every time they grant bail. I get that. But in this case, there was a history. Long history. That showed yes. that this guy wasn't going to all of a sudden become a productive member of society. No, he was a character flawed and belonged in prison. So, does the name Gigi Gordon ring a bell to you? Not off the top of my head. Who is Gigi Gordon? She was, and I say was, past tense. A New York City millionaire. She was a pharmaceutical executive at one time. And she was convicted of killing her autistic son with a lethal cocktail. Well. Cocktail of her own drugs? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so she was convicted. And okay. she was out on appeal because a judge, even though she was convicted of killing her son with evidence... The judge decided to let her out pending appeals after appeal after appeal after appeal. Well, apparently it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And I believe it was Judge Sotomayor. Okay. That either made, I don't know if made the phone call to her, to her attorney or to whom, that they were either going to decline to look at the case or there was some stipulation there. Okay. Well, Miss Gigi was found dead Yeah, after the Supreme Court revoked her bail. She decided to kill herself. She cocktailed herself. So it's unfortunate that a lady would take out her autistic son. There's so many people who are willing to adopt and take care of. Why did she not just say, you know what, I can't handle this. I need to... Find a good home for you. So I think that that's something in our society that I wish we had a better setup for is the ability to say, I can no longer do this. And then to have help step in. And that is, I can no longer take care of my autistic son. And I need help, whether that's institutional help, whether that's support services, whatever that looks like. There, we should have that ability. Or we can go with what Canada says, and we can just off everybody. 
That's not very nice. No, that's assisted suicide. So. Sewing. COVID. <laughs> no. Novid. <laughs> Novid. I never yeah. want to talk about it, but it's still prevalent in society. Okay, let's talk about this there's Novid. A, there's a block of people at my work that are sick again. I'm sure there's people all over the state, all over the country that are sick and fighting it. Not as bad, but they are still fighting a form of COVID, whether it's a hard flu or whatever the case may be. Yes. We have now found out that in China, there's upwards of 3 million cases a day. Running rampant. It is yes. blowing through the country. It's blowing up. They're changing the, the flying policy and testing and, and all that sort of thing. They expect within another month... Around seven million a day to be testing positive. They they're thinking that the whole entire population of one point whatever billion will eventually all be positive, even though um, a big majority of the population has had one, two, or three shots of a vaccine that's made by them. Right, Chinese. and I, I've even heard that their vaccine is pretty crappy. Mm. Because it didn't help a lot of the North Koreans either, and that's where I think where a they lot of sent came him. from. Yes, I, yeah. Well, it's interesting that you and I have talked podcast after podcast, and we skipped a few about empirical data and what's reality, what's not. Why did we prevent high quality doctors and scientists from speaking and us being able to listen to their side of the story? And now things are actually coming out. And there's one guy we both follow. And his name is Dr. John Campbell, has a great website. He's had it for years. He's an instructor. He's a nurse. He's written multiple books. Um, he teaches anatomy, uh, human physiology, all that, all that good stuff. Well, he just recently did another peer-reviewed study review of data on vaccines, older vaccines and newer vaccines. And... There was a swine flu vaccine. Let's do a little history here. Back in 1976, that had one serious event per 100,000 vaccines. And that's a serious adverse reaction yes. for our listeners. The vaccine was withdrawn. There was a rotavirus vaccine in 1999 called Rotoshield. There was one to two serious events per 10,000 vaccines given. The vaccine was withdrawn. With a current peer-reviewed study that if you would like to go on to Dr. Campbell's website, you can read the full text, and he links where you can go to do this and look at the analysis of the MNRA trials. Please feel free to go. Don't take my word for it. Go take a look. And it is on his YouTube channel, and you can link through to there as well. The adverse effects, it appears, are 1 in 800. Serious adverse. Serious not adverse just any, effects, not, yes. not, oh, my arm's a little sore, you know, oh, I had a low-grade fever for a day. Not, not anything like that. That is a normal reaction to a vaccine. The study, the peer-reviewed study by these scientists, they believe is partially flawed because the two companies, Pfizer and Moderna, are not releasing the studies. So only they have only Pfizer and Moderna have access to the full information of their studies. They are keeping it secret and then only reporting on themselves. 
Yes, and what has happened is through the Freedom of Information Act and the documents they did release, these scientists and doctors were smart enough to go through the information, the statistical data, and come up with the 1 in 800, and they feel actually if they would get the copies of the case studies, you would find that there's probably more serious adverse events events. than are reported. So now at 1 in 800, serious. First it was 1 in a million, and then... One in 500,000, okay, maybe 20 and 200,000. So it's getting a little more serious now. The one in 800. Yes, so it's time that we really dive into this thing and try to figure it out. That's all I'm saying. That would make, if the entire world's got one dose of Pfizer or Moderna, that would make 10 million serious adverse events that we know about. Right, and that should be serious enough for it to not be backed by governments and actually should be put on hold or paused until they... And not forced. Yes, and not forced on people. Because to us, to any family member, it should be one serious adverse event is one too many. Because medically, these folks are supposed to look out for the health and welfare of the individual, not of a checking account. Correct. And right now, here with these shots is who gets the serious adverse event and are you willing to take it? Well, it's that risk versus reward. Yes. And that's what they need to look at now because we have figured out through empirical data and time that it doesn't stop you from getting it even if you get vaccinated. And it appears that almost 100% of the people that are dying from it have comorbidities i hate that new word yes they have some underlying issue or malady that makes them more susceptible to life termination yes well so one last little tidbit on the novid covid so back in 2020 when we didn't know what we didn't know so before all of the studies before all of this when we didn't know what we didn't know Trump, at the time, decided to enact a travel ban. Travel testing in some cases and travel ban in others. And then that Joe Biden called that xenophobic, among other names. Well, now that, unfortunately, there is a bigger outbreak in China, Joe Biden is actually requesting that there be a COVID testing requirement and travel restrictions placed on individuals from China. So my question is, is that still xenophobic or not? No, because there's really no video of him saying that, (laughs) according to himself. So he'll just have his handler sidestep around and say, well, that's really, I said it, but it's not really what I meant. Yeah, it seems to be the way we'll end up going. In the name of equity, should we stop telling people how well they did on stuff, and just allow people to just pass. No. Why not? Because that's how societies outperform other societies, by bringing out your best of the best. And if you don't have direct competition, so a person tends to want to work harder, learn more, be better than everybody else, if you have equality 
amongst all, then atrophy sets in. Okay, so nobody's trying to, nobody knows how well anyone else does against each other. As long as they pass, it, it could be like, let's just say pass, fail. As long as you pass, you keep going on, but you don't know if you're performing, highly performing okay or, yeah, or what, you, as long as you, you pass. You don't have you, a baseline to set, so you know how you're performing. All of you are performing against each other. Okay, so you think that that might lead to atrophy? Yes, that we would, absolutely. It'd be dumbing down the society and we get lazy and lethargic like we are now. That's why California schools have some of the worst test scores in the other of the other 49 states because we've, I don't want to say dumbed down because we're still getting some brilliant kids out of this, but they've tried to level the playing field and instead of, here, let me back up. Let me give you the house analogy that I used to use. So this was when we were redoing our medical when we came up with Obamacare and all that. So if you have a home that's absolutely beautiful but needs a fourth bedroom, do you tear the entire house down to add that fourth bedroom or do you just add the fourth bedroom? You add the fourth bedroom. You don't need to tear the whole house down. So you modify a percentage of your home to make it better. So we didn't need to wipe out our medical care system across America. We don't need to dumb down our schools. Do we need to make adjustments? Absolutely. Do we need to make sure that kids in underserved or underprivileged cities need a leg up or extra help? Absolutely. See, and that's what I would do by leveling things. I would make sure that if you're at at Clovis Unified, which has some of the highest taxes in the Central Valley for schools, I would make sure that the computers in Watts absolutely match the computers at Clovis Unified because I guarantee you even these underprivileged youth, giving them the opportunity to perform, they can perform as well or better than the students in a wealthier sect. I agree. I I believe that there's a lot to it, but I also do believe that competition can be very healthy and help us help push us, help bring us together and help us grow. I know that I I did better personally when I had a bar that I set and I would I would aim for that bar. When I had no bar, so to give an example, California does state testing every year and I did state testing when I was in school. I got so tired of the state testing, and to tell you the truth, I could care less about it. So what did I do? On my Scantron test, I took my test, and I marked B, then A, then D, then B, then A, then D. So my whole test all the way down said bad, 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 B-A-D. It was funny in my head, but whatever. I was so tired of testing. I found out the test really didn't matter. So I just, I didn't care. And that's what I did. Results come in. And my friends are getting $1,000 scholarships from the state of California. Because it turns out if you did so well, you could get a scholarship. (laughs) I felt like such a dummy (laughs) for having like not cared that the next year when we were taking our state testing, I decided I was going to care. And I did very well, and I got that $1,000 scholarship the next year because I had something to strive for. When I didn't care, 
even though there was technically a carrot dangled in front of me that I didn't know about, (laughs) I did very poorly. And I can only imagine how that reflected. I look back now how that reflected on my teachers and myself overall. But I needed something to strive for. That's what worked for me. And when I had nothing, you know, it was okay. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is it turns out a high school didn't want to make people feel bad. And in the name of equity, didn't tell students when they were recognized as a national merit commended student. And that is actually something that you can put on your college application is to say like this is how high I performed and this is so apparently this high school decided not to recognize these students because it would just lean and give them equity across the board nobody knew how well or bad anyone was doing everyone was equal so instead of giving these commendations to the students who were actually committed they just decided not to tell them. Well, I bet you if the teachers union there would have said, well, based on how these kids do, you get bonuses, or it's a direct reflection of your cash flow, they would have made sure that all of them did very well, and they were all recognized. But yeah, so that was the name of equity. Do we want to make sure that everybody doesn't know or doesn't have a goal line, or it's not fair to tell somebody else they didn't they did okay, but they didn't do as well, so therefore we just won't tell anyone when they did well. Well, I think it's actually built in the human's DNA to be competitive. So, I don't know. Yeah, that that just struck me as very interesting to hear about. It is. You hear about stuff like that more and more often. You know, it's not just at schools, it's at work. Oh, we're going to make everybody equal at work. We have one pay scale for everybody to make sure that nobody gets butt hurt. Well, there's a lot of cities around California and other states that are just giving people wages now. They're just going to cut them a check for $1,500 bucks a month for doing nothing. So that's going to be the little test case, and we'll have a little empirical data here pretty soon. You'll be able to say, hey, oh, yeah, it works very well. Everybody can just be lethargic and sit on their butts and get a free check. Or if you go out and you work your tail off, You can make some money and you can be a productive member of society and be one step above. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.